everyone, and welcome once again to the Games Net Podcast, the show where we also are going to have a daddy dating simulator here made about us soon. <laughs> uh, apparently seems to be the new hot thing. Way to go, KFC. I'm Andrew Fiak. And I'm Brandon Carnian. How you doing, everybody? I'm well. How are you? Specifically, Brandon, how are you? <laughs> I'm well. How about you, Andrew? I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. Yeah, man. Gearing up for... A lot of stuff this weekend. We got our baby shower coming up, and oh yeah, uh, yeah. So we've had a we've had a little bit of a busy week, but that doesn't mean I don't have time to play games because that's my life. <laughs> uh, it's a good life. It's a great life. Thankfully, my stock didn't drop uh, five like, fifteen percent, like and GameStop. I didn't lose four hundred fifteen million dollars in Woof. one quarter. Yeah, it's the end of an era, Brandon. It really is. I was actually. Actually, at, at the top of the show, before we get into it, uh, I do want to say, um, just recognize that today is 9-11 uh, when we are recording this podcast, if you're joining us live on Twitch. Uh, and uh, aside from some of the formalities and introductions and quips and japes that we do, uh, I think Brian and I wanted to seriously take a moment here, uh, just a moment of silence, recognize those who served, uh, helped clean up. Uh, who were affected by 9-11. I think a lot of us, uh, especially of our generation, remember where we were when everything happened. Um, And it's just an important, uh, not necessarily a holiday, but it's an important day that we want to reflect on the things that are are precious to us um, and also uh, remember those uh, who we lost uh, during that time. Thank you. Yeah, before before we get venture too far off of that, it's it's so wild to me that I'm starting to get students that like that has always been just like a historical event for them, like not it, something that they've. You're lived probably through. starting to get kids that were born after it happened. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's wild. Do you remember where you were when it happened? Yep, uh, cafeteria. It was lunchtime when we found out about it. It's like seventh mm-hmm. grade. Yeah, it would have been sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, two thousand one. I remember tons, tons of people's parents like coming to pick them up because everybody yeah. was freaked out. They didn't know what was going on. What's crazy really to me is uh, they. Uh, I played in a in a memorial nine eleven golf outing today, uh, and when they were doing the announcements beforehand, they said. Um, they were like, we want to recognize nine eleven. All of us remember the event that happened eighteen years ago, and I went, what? Yeah, insane. Right? Insane. Doesn't that feel like that happened like five years ago-ish? Yeah. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, we move on, we press on, become better, and we learn from all of those things. Yep. Um, but uh, like we were mentioning at the top of the show, yeah, GameStop uh, announced just a little bit of news here at the beginning, I guess. Uh, GameStop announced uh, that they had uh, this quarter, in just this quarter, had lost a net loss of $415 million. Million. With an M. The store that came out of nowhere during the electronics boutiques, the, you know, uh, the, the FYEs, the, the, um, the pinnacle of retail gaming who swooped in, bought a bunch of those entities, uh, basically cornered the market. They became the retail gaming outlet for, as far as I can remember, like Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 era. That's when I remember mm-hmm. being like, 
that was I, you had how, to go to get how many midnight launches did you go to how many probably probably three or four i remember specifically going to the grand theft auto 4 yep I, one, I did that as well uh in college when i was a freshman mm-hmm. and then we went to the uh oh what was the other one well which ones did you go to i i remember definitely grand theft auto 4 um we did ghostbusters at midnight which had a surprising amount of people and uh battlefield 3 those are the big. Those are the three that I remember very. Modern Warfare, like I, Modern I th- Warfare Two. I think I might have done Modern Warfare. Black too. Ops. It was Black Ops. Um, I think Black Ops Two. I yeah. went for a midnight release. One of those two in that era. I mean, yeah. they're within like a year of each other. So, but I'll I'll never forget the the one game, and it was one of the more recent ones that we went to. Um, the the very last midnight release I went to was for Bloodborne, um, <laughs> for PlayStation Four. I had a buddy, uh, Eric, if you're listening to this, hey, uh, I had a buddy that I uh, pout around with in Rhode Island a lot, and uh, he was he was a big Souls guy, loved the Dark Souls game. They were like, that was his jam. And when Bloodborne got announced, he's like, it's taking like my favorite thing and my other favorite thing, like and mashing them together, and this is what we're going to do. And uh, he was like, we're going to go to... <laughs> We're going to go to uh, uh, the GameStop. We're going to do it old school, and we're going to do the Midnight Reese, and we're going to play it when we get home. We both worked <laughs> for the same company at the time. We both had to be in the office at 8 a.m. the next day. We picked up the game. I, this was so with Bloodborne. I mean, this was like five years ago. Yeah. Not even. Um, Dude, that's even game. crazy to me that, that five years ago is when Bloodborne came out. Right? Nuts. We stopped at Wendy's. We got some spicy chicken sandwiches. Oh, went to GameStop. We were, one of, we were two of four people there. And they only had four copies at, at midnight. <laughs> they gave them to us, and they were like, ah, sorry, we didn't have, like, an event planned, but, like, we're here. And we were like, yep. <laughs> so we grabbed it. Uh, we came home, and then we hopped into a party uh, on, play, on, the, on PS, uh, the PlayStation uh, Online, and uh, we played until, like, 3 in the morning just we just both started characters and just were playing and we're just like dozing off and then like keeping each other awake and then, like, <laughs> you're running into a wall that's i'm always and, good for that and then we both went to work the next day and it's just not a thing i can do anymore <laughs> but uh things I'm, are I'm different once you grow yeah up, things son. are really different <laughs> i love the convenience of digital downloads but i really miss like going to a retail store looking at box art Picking the game just based on the box art and the pictures on the back alone to see if it was something that interested you. Like, I don't think anybody's gonna like now. Before a game even comes out, I can go on YouTube and find five reputable sources that have already played the game and can give me a full-on review of it. Yeah, you know what I I just remembered was when the uh, the original Wii was like the hot item. I remember that uh, our GameStop in uh, in Bridgeville, like we, I went there like I don't know a couple like at the beginning of the week or whatever, and uh, they told us that they were gonna have some coming in and that they were gonna sell them probably sell out like at the beginning of the day like when that was, I guess it'd be like a Tuesday or whatever. Yeah, and uh, I think it was, this was over like Christmas break or something, so it was like cold. I remember waiting outside of the GameStop for like three hours before they opened 
in the cold. Probably in just like a zip up hoodie. You probably weren't even wearing a proper jacket. <laughs> it was one hundred percent just in like a zip up hoodie. That, yeah, that's just that's, what that's we did. classic. Yeah, that's just what. Yeah, that's <laughs> high classic, school. That's like, what you do. High school. Yeah. And I remember I got to the counter and they, I think they had like five of them, and I was like third or fourth person in line. And mind you, I got there early. Like I was there like mm-hmm. two, three hours minimum. And uh, I, this was like right whenever I first got my uh, like my bank account set up. And uh, like right like right around yeah. the same like when I just started like working high school job. Yeah. And they I can't remember what the reason was, but because my account was so new, like they wouldn't take my card or something. So I'm like. Really? I just waited this all this time and I'm not going to get this freaking console. So I like opened up my uh, flip phone and I called my dad. I'm like, dad, listen, like, you know, I went to GameStop and I was waiting there and I was like, they won't take my card because my account's too new or whatever. I can't remember what the specifics were, Uh, but I know that my dad had to like drive down to GameStop and he was like, here's your, here's my card. I think he actually gave to me over the phone and they were able to do that. And then I try to pay my dad back with the money that I already had, but it's something stupid like that. Seriously though, shout out to all the moms and dads who have ever stuff. Yes. I will 100% pay it forward because of the stuff my mom and dad did for me Absolutely. like that. Like uh, something so seemingly pointless to them, but so important to us at the time. Yep. Oh, I'll never like, forget that. Yeah. You probably called him at like 1230 <laughs> at night. You probably had to work the next day, and you were like, yeah, "Listen, it was early. This is a crisis." <laughs> and he was like, "You're right, it is." And he drove to GameStop yep. to help you. That's amazing, yep. dude. And it was like whether he drove or not, or gave me the the number or the phone, whatever the case was. It was like no hesitation. He was like, "Yeah, okay." That's yeah. a that's a real dad. That's what I aspire yeah, pay to. It, pay it forward, moms and <laughs> for dads. sure, moms and dads. That's right. Seriously, shout out best. <laughs> <laughs> Well, contrary to popular belief, we actually did play some games. Uh, we did. Um, I think we had a lot of leftover stuff from the previous episode that we wanted to get to. Yeah. We're actually not going to be touching on that today. Uh, we're just going to move forward, and if we have a chance to come back to those, we definitely will. The, a uh, mixed bag episode know, at some point, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely do it in a backlog, but <laughs> not something you needed to know, but we shared it with you anyway, because right. love you and appreciate you if you're listening. Um, Brandon. Andrew. I'm very interested in what you have lined up here because uh, I actually didn't touch this at all. It is the uh, the breakpoint beta for the new Ghost Recon game, right? Yeah. Um, so I probably played about an hour and a half, not as much as I would have liked to have played, but I, I did. Yeah. I got enough in there to get a pretty good feel of it. Enough that um, but enough to say that I'm pretty excited for it. Um, it's not like breaking any like new ground or anything like that. Um, as far as did it like feel what, different from Wildlands, how yes. how different from Wildlands did it feel? So it's the best way to describe it is like if they took a lot of like the movement and combat mechanics from like the division, and then they took Wildlands and they just put them together for better or for worse. Um, Listening, <clears throat> yeah. So the movement feels a lot like the division, just like a lot of the animations and like the speed at which everything moves and like the cover, like you don't, it's just, it's like wildlands where there's not like a dedicated cover button. Like there is in the division. Uh, It's more like once you get within a certain proximity to a wall or something like you snap onto it and it's kind of a little bit stickier than I think I would like it. Um, but I mean, it wasn't anything. I feel like those tend to be 
you're not doing the thing I want you to do, especially in a firefight. Like you're just standing. Well, that's what I mean. Like I'm sticking wall. to the wall whenever I'm like, I'm trying to round this corner. <laughs> I'm not trying oh, to I, attach I myself to it type of thing. Um, but I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't anything, you know, worse than, than wildlands was in some situations. It was just, it felt like a little bit stickier than wildlands did. Mm. Um, but the animations all around are like so much better. Like, the only thing that was kind of weird was like the sprint animation. I feel like there's a lot more steps for the amount of ground you're crossing, so it looks kind of weird, like you're doing like an exercise or something. Um, but everything else looks super smooth animation-wise, like very realistic. I think they took in a lot of the feedback that they had gotten over the course of Wildlands, you know, uh, post-game release. Um, <clears throat> so it felt good, controlled well. Um, I played it on PC, mouse and keyboard, just like I did with the Division Two. So it felt pretty similar in that regard um i liked it um it does the ubisoft thing where they take the elements from other games that people have liked and they just throw it into their new mixer for this game um drones just like in uh wildlands just like the eagle and assassin's creed type of deal um the ui is like almost a a one-to-one rip of the odyssey ui Really? Seriously, like oh, the menus are like damn near identical. I love the Odyssey yeah. menus. It's yeah. almost identical to it. So you have like your tabs across the top and you move through them in the same way. You have one that's your map, one that's like all of your objective type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you have two separate gear screens. You have one where it's like you pick your, you have a primary, a secondary, and then uh, a sidearm. And I think you can get like a, like a rocket launcher, like a heavy weapon type of deal. Um, so you have four weapon slots, <clears throat> and then you have a slot for uh, headgear, gloves, a vest, and pants, as far as like armor goes. All of those items have a gear score, just like the division. Not not the numbers aren't as high, so it might be like you know one is what you start off with everything, and then um, I believe you can put points into those to level them up uh, to increase their gear score, or you could just get better gear. Um, so instead of enemy levels, the enemies are grouped based on gear score, kind of like the division and, you know, those type of like looter shooters. Um, there's chests in the world, just like in Odyssey and the chests have some kind of an item to them. Um, you can, you can go in and you can customize your, uh, your ghost, just like you could customize it before. However, you can only equip, um, stuff that you've already acquired more like in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but it offers that same idea where you have the gear score <clears throat> you can keep that gear score number and then go into the appearance menu and then customize the visuals of what it looks like. And that includes Does- going in and doing like the camos and even the camos are locked, um, with either, oh. Uh, challenges for like some of the the higher end ones, and then um, just generally finding them in the chest throughout the world as well. Does the uh, does the gear have perks on it? Like fast reload, aim assistance. Uh, not with the stuff that I got into. Like it was, all the stuff I was getting seemed like it was like the low end, like the gray color stuff. Um, gotcha. I, I believe from what I read that there it does do kind of like the standard like purple blue. Uh, and gold tiered stuff. Right. I guess uh, I was more curious, like what, what am I getting 
at those levels what why why a blue over a purple like does my gear score just equate to i do more damage in the world i take less damage. so like i think with what? with your with your actual physical gear i think it's more tied to how much damage you can take gotcha. resistance and such and i think that the weapon stuff is like your damage output more yeah. or less and the different guns it's, it's, have different like rates of fire pretty, all that you know relies heavily on the realism more so than like a yeah. division or did it feel more arcadey you said that it, the movement feels a lot more uh, i would argue realistic. that it feels less arcadey than wildlands does i think it has more realistic elements to it um okay even though it, uh, the movement feels more deliberate um I think that just slowing it down just a little bit makes it feel more realistic. Like you're not always like at a constant jog, like when you're at your non sprinting pace, like it's a lot slower than it was in wildlands. Right. Um, there's still the, uh, like the gunsmith, which is in some aspects, it's like the same as it was in wildlands. And some people would argue that maybe it's a little bit less. I didn't think it was like too far off from it. Um, it didn't feel like it added a ton to it. Um, it was just, different for me controlling it because i had really only played wildlands on console and i'm playing this on pc so just like ui differences were a little bit so i don't know if it was that jump from console to pc or if it was just you know what they had changed or left out Um, but it it seemed more or less the same as it had been in the past just you have a lot a lot of a lot more stuff is locked behind progression in the game whether that's looting out of um, chests or random drops from enemies or mission rewards and stuff like that it's very rpg in that uh you know things are gated like that and there's also a huge skill tree like you actually once you get your first like level up um it it gives you a skill point you can pick between three classes and it's like standard archetypes that you'd expect there's one that's like more um stealth oriented one that's like up close like soldier heavy combat oriented and one i believe that was like sniper I, I went right for the stealth one because that's yeah. how I play those type of games. Yeah, typically. That, that's my place, though. Yeah, I'm not a um, grunt, I'm not also a tank. I'm but they a, all give you like a like a special grenade that's you know uh, themed to that class. So the the stealth class it gives you like a cloaking grenade that you can basically throw down and uh, okay. Disappear so kind of like division. Yeah. When you pick like your specialty. Yeah. Right. Right. And um, you can also uh, you can go through and. Uh, level up like different aspects of a huge huge skill tree Um, not unlike Assassin's Creed where there's like different branches to it but this one has like several different nodes for like one for stealth one for like assault one for sniping one for general weapons handling one to have more class abilities uh, as you unlock them Um, there are perks that you can unlock and you can only have a set amount of them I think up to four but there's way more than four, so you can kind of like do a little bit more like build diversity with that. Um, I didn't notice if there was like a loadout option where you could switch between perks very quickly, or if you had to actually go through and pick them manually or not. Um, yeah. Lots of gadgets in the skill tree. Uh, one of the cooler ones that I saw that was added was a, a blowtorch that you can use to cut fences. So you That's unlock it, cool. and then it's a consumable. So it's something hold, you have to hold loot. on. Can I cut custom shapes in the fences? I did not come across a cuttable fence. <laughs> oh, come on. At least what I'd play. Because I, I was just like mainly like taking in the world. Because the world itself, like graphically, it looks awesome. Like lots of foliage. Um, just the fidelity is a lot higher than it was in the previous game. Like just looks like a lot more polish. 
Um, yeah, I was going to ask, how did it look? How did it perform? Did it chug a lot? Was there too? Because I know there's a lot of foliage in this game, especially. It, it ran better than can... Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And yeah. I have, I'm have i having similar settings between them, so I don't know if that's... It looks like it's got to be the same, if not a very similar version of that engine. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that's just like, you know, it's been out longer, there's more optimization, they know how to work with the engine better or what, but it ran smoothly for me on my machine and it, Assassin's Creed Odyssey on mine tends to chug every now and then. Yeah. Um, so it was solid frame rates. I was getting 60 frames on whatever its default was. And nice. uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. It, it, it kind of felt to me more like what I had in mind for wildlands whenever it first came out like the speed and just how everything just generally kind of played um still love wildlands great game um but i'm i'm definitely looking forward to this i think this is also i feel like every ubisoft game that's been coming out lately with these series that have you know a long line of predecessors uh, i feel like the the latest entries have always been very uh divisive amongst fans mm-hmm. um I think one one uh, complaint that a lot of people would level at Ubisoft is like you, a lot of these, they are seemingly attaching them to existing franchises when they could ostensibly be like their own separate franchise. And I, don't know, I, I agree and disagree on that in a lot of regards. But as like a Ghost Recon game, I really only came into it at Wildlands. So, you know, it's... I don't have a problem with it, and I also really like the division, and it feels has like it has a lot of similarities to the division. So I, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel alienated for one. But uh, people that are kind of adverse to looter shooters, even this is this is like a looter shooter light, um, might be put off by that. But yep. I don't know. I, it, it feels like it's up my alley. I have two questions. Mm-hmm. One, it sounds like they're Ubi, Ubisoft is doing this thing where they try radically different things in a lot of their staple franchises Mm -hmm. and they find things that work. They found out that they've cut out this little RPG open world market that they're doing very, very, very well. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't doing like they are these days. Um, Are you worried about all of those elements creeping into each other so much that you're just getting the same type of game, but with like a different filter? I feel you a little bit. I, I feel like the, the the differences in the IPs are enough that it doesn't feel like it's just the same game, new skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I would think like to me the big three that I think of are like Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, and now Ghost Recon, and yep. maybe Watch Dogs. I don't know, I'm, I'm oh, hit yeah. or miss on Watch Dogs, but I mean, if they all have a lot of overlap. Like you could make a very solid Venn diagram between those four. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the setting and all of them is, is different enough that it, it, to me, I don't feel like I'm just getting the same game rehashed with a different skin on it. Um, right. It, it, they're different enough. I think different as long enough. as it's not as big as Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I will definitely, it's actually, it's smaller than the wildlands map is. Thank as far God. As but there's still like a diversity of like your environments and stuff. So I, th- I think that the right. smaller map is, it's going to play much tighter. There's a lot more like buildings and complexes and stuff. But like the idea behind it uh, is like this Island is like this Island in the Pacific that was originally slated, like bought by like this Google esque company called scale tech. 
and they were basically trying to create like a like an automated society more or less um basically like if if google and apple like owned an island this is what this place would be and i guess there's like some some sinister undertones to this company they made like some drones and stuff and the main antagonist walker who's played by john barenthal um i didn't play the lead-in mission to this in, in Wildland, so forgive me if I'm like totally off base on this, but I believe he, he has something in his past that's tied to this scale tech company, and uh, he's basically like out on a vendetta, and he has like a group of ex-ghosts and special forces called the Wolves, and they've mm-hmm. basically come to take over this island and just round up scale tech employees just to like eradicate them for whatever they've done. I'm, I'm guessing it's something along the lines of like drone strikes and innocence and yeah. that type of thing. Um, so I believe he plays, real world parallels. Yeah, I believe he plays the character um, Sergeant Breakpoint, which I think is what the game is. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, it's James Breakpoint. It's it comes out uh, October fourth. Probably not going to be like a day one buy for me. I like, I don't know, this, yeah. it seems like the type of game, kind of like Assassin's Creed, and generally the precedent for ubisoft games is like they go down in price pretty soon afterwards so this one i'm okay with like waiting a bit on the uh the price drop getting probably i'm sure there'll be like a sweet black friday sale for this and i'll probably 45 dollar purchase i'm in yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely uh my, my second follow-up question before we stop talking about breakpoint yeah i think the best thing that Wildlands did was all of their special one-time events. They had ones where they were pulling from different franchises where they had Sam Fisher come in for one. They had the, the Predator come in for one, which mm-hmm. I actually played. We played both of those. Yeah. And both were awesome. Yeah, they're super fun. Um, what would you like to see them do similarly with Breakpoint? Are there any other franchises mm-hmm. you'd be like, this would be the perfect fit if they brought in blank? Well, I think they've They've already had Sam Fisher. I feel like they have to bring Sam Fisher in again. Mm-hmm. You know, they just it, it goes so well together. Um, or you could just give me a new Splinter Cell game. <laughs> I'm thinking if they have another Sam Fisher crossover, that it's got to be some kind of a tie into the next Sam Fisher game. Has to be. People are like chomping Exclusive at the bit. To the Nintendo Switch, a new <laughs> Splinter Cell game. Um, that, or I would say. I don't know if what I the necessarily I have one that I would like like to see like really like to see so much as one that I would more expect to see. Um, I would not be surprised if we get um, something related to Watch Dogs, being that there's like a lot of like drones and uh, like robots and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's my prediction. But I, I would definitely like to think see them do OG Terminator. And he's hunting you down. That would be cool, but I would be... I don't know how that would work out since isn't he going to be in, like, uh, MK11? Yeah. Old Terminator is not Old the young top oh. one. Oh. Huh. <laughs> yeah, right? Give me the generational gap. <laughs> I would like but. to see uh, Mike Tyson from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I think that would be a really cool crossover that they could do. <laughs> uh, Come get these thrones. <laughs> I'm going to punch these thrones out of the sky. Oh man, watch out for the thrones. <laughs> Those yeah. thrones killed my pigeons. Now they can't kiss. <laughs> Let's hope he never listens to this because we'll literally be dead. <laughs> He'll laugh at us. Yeah, probably. He's laughing while he smokes $400 million of his. Homemade. I'm coming to Pittsburgh and I'm going to punch your lights out. 
<laughs> no, after hearing Tom Segura's story about Mike Tyson, I'm convinced that he wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> he would not care. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dead. We're dead. <laughs> We're dead. <laughs> I didn't know my Tyson impression would stop us in our tracks. the name of those two hooligans in Pittsburgh. (laughs) There was a guy with glasses, and there was another guy with a beard. Hey, guess what? You know how you hide from Mike Tyson? (laughs) Oh, shoot. I'm the guy with the beard. I'll give you the glass. Which of us? That's it. it. We got to switch. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah. So that was was the, the big new thing that I played. Uh, I know that you have been playing control and you are about to lose control because you haven't told me anything about it. Yeah. I didn't even tell you I was playing it. I, uh, I went out on a whim of like four or five days ago after our last podcast. And I was like, everybody keeps talking about control and I keep avoiding things about it. Everybody's mm-hmm. saying it's it's great, it's it's revolutionary. It does all these different things. It's so well done, and they're like, we can't t- we can't talk about it because even like the first ten minutes, like it's going to spoil a major thing. But, um, so I, I finally was like, I'm sick of avoiding it. I'm just going to sit down and play it, and I'm very happy that I did because Control is one of my favorite game, easily my favorite game I've played I played this year, hands down, not even close. That is a tall. This might be one of my top five games of all, all time, mm-hmm. all time. This might be one of my top five games of all time. Fighting wow. for number five, but it's one of the best games I've ever played. Wow, wow! Tell me for more. Me. Tell me more. Me. Just me. Tell me more. Um, so, uh, Control is a game by Remedy. Remedy, who some of you might know, did uh, the Alan Wake series. Um, they did. Uh, Quantum Break more recently. I think there's something else in there that they did, maybe touched on, but um, I know they did like that. Uh, didn't they do Alan, Alan Wake? To Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like called like um, Alan Wake American Nightmare or something. Yeah, like yeah something like that. Alone game. Mm-hmm. I played Alan Wake. I thought it was cool. I didn't love it. Um, that kind of twin peaksy scenario doesn't really capture me. Yeah. Um, that's not what I'm into. And I thought there were some really cool ideas. I thought the enemies were cool in Alan Wake and like how like you had to use the light to like hurt them and then shoot them with an actual weapon. The story was kind of done. I'm not into like episodic stuff either. Me neither. I, I want the I whole really thing or nothing at all. Yeah. I really appreciate the ambition that they had to make it feel like a TV series that you were watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Alan Wake legitimately has one of the that had me like crap my pants. I, I, I got so scared playing. Yeah. And super atmospheric, super atmospheric. I, did you ever play it? I played the first one. I didn't play the, any of the second one. I got, I got to the point okay. where there was like basically like a, I was on like a rock concert stage of some kind trying to like get the lights to turn on. Yeah. And I, I never got past that part. Yeah, I feel like um, I was towards the end, but never made it. This uh, so there was a moment in Alan Wake where there's like an old creepy woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember her, but at one point, so the the theme of Alan Wake was like anything he'd write on a typewriter would come to life. Yeah, or it, like his pa- the pages, it's, you know, the writer of pages are coming to life, and mm-hmm. these things are haunting him, and he has to write himself out of his own 
shoot that he made. Right. Um, out of his as own for nightmare. Like wrestling fans out there. Um, but there was a there was a scene in that game where the woman was like talking to Alan, but it was in first person to the point where she was actually talking to the player. And at one point, she I'll never forget, I was playing this uh, like alone in my room at night. Shouldn't have been doing that. And at one point, the woman is saying like some sentence. And then she just looks at the looks at the camera at the character. And then she like immediately darts at the camera. It's a cinematic. And she goes, you and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> that like no games did that at like, that time. Like fourth wall breaking kind of deal. Yeah. She oh. was like blah 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 destroying this and then she looks at the camera and she teleports from like the back of her room to the front of the camera and she just goes, "You." And say, like I was like, "Oh, like I I get chills talking about it." <laughs> um, but other than that, like I, not a huge fan. I didn't even touch Quantum Break because, again, it was more FOV plus game. It was yeah, like I think that was uh, Xbox exclusive as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so you'd like play a level, and then you'd have to watch a TV show to get all the context, and then it would end the episode, and then you'd play the level, the next level, and then you'd watch another episode of the show. Again, super overly ambitious. I believe also if you okay. like if you died or failed the mission, like the gameplay part of it, you had to watch the twenty minute the whole episode again cinematic mm-hmm. again. Yeah, and they weren't they, they were full on they were full on like twenty five minute episodes of a show that was very okay. <laughs> like very cliche. Um I'm happy to say that's not this game. Again, we're talking about control. Went off on a little tangent there. Um <laughs> This game, it's a it's 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 a Metroidvania. It's amazing. Oh it, yeah. So oh. right. So I, like, I don't want to talk too much you about have the story. My, you have my attention. Yeah. It uh, it does so many things well. I'm gonna be gushing here for a little bit. Just know I I really love this game, and I'm still I'm going back and playing more of it even after finishing the main story and getting the credits. Mm-hmm. Um. The uh, so the story again. I don't want to spoil too much, but the story is very, very good, very good. Um, you play as a woman named Jessie Faden, uh, who sh- like the game thrusts you right into it. You show up at the Federal Bureau of Control, which is located in New York City, and I think a little cool fact about this is it's like this gigantic building in mm-hmm. NYC, and they called it they call it the oldest house because it's the oldest building in NYC. And it's huge. And people talk about it. And she's like, you find like dossiers and you listen to tape recordings about her talking to psychiatrists about it and saying like, this is where she needs to go. And they're like, this building doesn't exist. And even when Jesse's talking to people at the bureau about it, she's like, how did I, I didn't even know how to find, find, find this place. I just came across it. And they're like, yeah, you'll never find it unless you're looking for it. And I was like, that's such a, like a New York thing. And I think that's cool. And like, I was, I was like, once I started hearing all that stuff, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> um, it's very like late '60s, early '70s, Men in Black type vibe. Oh, so there's like creepy, 
stuff going on, but it's like weird. It's like you can't explain it, but there's like there's like something amiss here, and there's things that people know about. Hence, there's the Federal Bureau of Control, the FBC, who keeps all these things under wraps, and they keep it out from the public, and they keep it there to control it away from everybody else. No, it's not why the game's called Control. Um, but um, so she shows up at the FBC. And she's looking for some answers. She's looking for her brother, Dylan, and she's looking for some answers as to uh, an event that happened in her past. So her and her brother were growing up in Ordinary, and something happened at Ordinary that gave them both... Extraordinary powers? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Um, it gives her it gives her these uh, these telekinetic uh, abilities, but the abilities are tied to a voice in her head that she calls Polaris. And every time she's talking to Polaris, you never hear Polaris talk, but she called Polaris huh, guiding star. Get it? Um, <laughs> she calls her Polaris, and uh, Polaris seems to be the source of these powers for her. Um, well, she shows up to the bureau and she's like, "I need more answers about what happened in Ordinary." And you find out that her brother went missing after the incident, and F- the FBC covered it up. Um, and she goes back to find them. It's been years and years coming. This was like 15, 20 years ago that this happened. Um, shows up at the FBC, and nobody's there. There's nobody at the front desk. There's nobody in any of the offices. There's no hustle and bustle. It's like an empty building. And she walks up. This all takes place in the first 10 minutes, so this is like not major spoiler territory this will Mm -hmm. happen this will be the first thing you do she walks up and she runs into a janitor and he's like one of those like twin peaky creepy janitors that definitely knows more than he lets on (laughs) he's like oh finally like my assistant has shown up blah 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 like it's good (laughs) to see you and she's like yeah uh, okay you're crazy where's the director's office I need to talk to the director and he goes oh it's just down the hall blah 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 to the left and so she goes down the hall to the director's office She goes to the director's office, and the director kills himself. Oh, and he uh, she goes over to look at the body, and next to it is a weapon. The weapon's called the service weapon, and it's a living, breathing gun that, over the course of the game, you can upgrade and will evolve based on what you need to do with it. So it starts off as a pistol, but it can live and change into a shotgun, a sniper rifle. So it's just like a one hand. Piece. It's only a one piece thing. You don't pick up ammo for it. It regens ammo really cool concept that's neat once she picks up the gun she's the director of the fbc and all of the pictures all of the naming conventions and everything in the fbc changes to pictures of jesse faden and that's how the game starts (laughs) it's it's wild it's wild in um, so yeah, so you so you do this, you uh, you find that there are some survivors, and what there's there's been a lockdown at the FBC, and there's been an outbreak, and everybody's like, "Oh, did you get past the lockdown?" I'm the director. <laughs> I'm the director, right? And they were like, "Oh, you're here. You're the new director. Like people know of her." And she's like, "Yeah, but I don't I don't want to be the director. That's not what I want to do. I just want to find my brother, and I just want to find out what happened in ordinary." Um, and she, she's 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 meeting all these people. She's talking to them, and then you just start getting missions like you would. It's like okay, like go to this sector of the of the FBC, like look for this, find this person. Maybe we need to track down this person, and you just kind of do that. And there's a lot of side missions that you can come across that are 
just as palpable, if not more than some of the story missions that you do. So nice. literally when something hits your desk, you're like, I'm going to do this right now. There's there it this game does that thing where it's everything that you're doing in the story isn't pressing at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the Fallout 4 thing where it's like your song's dying and you have no idea where you're gonna go check out this thing or first for like I'm gonna build a giant hours. farm with a windmill. Right. It, so it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a lot better than that. But in doing some of the earlier missions, you find out that there has been an invasion by what they're calling the Hiss. And the Hiss is this red mist-looking thing that basically possesses the bodies of some of the former FBC employees, and they attack you. And this is where you get to use all your telekinetic abilities and stuff. So... You uh, you upgrade your character by finding new abilities and taking control points in the in the in the office. And what's cool about the oldest house, the FBC, is that it's like living and evolving with you. It's one of those. There's just like endless corridors, and it seems like the places that you're going in here like are like there's like a rock quarry type place that you go to, and you're like, how the hell is this in the middle of New York City and nobody knows about it? Mm-hmm. So it has that like that atmosphere to it, and I adore it for it. Um, it exists in a pocket talk- dimension. I know some of the some of the uh, the abilities you get are really really cool too. I, I, Again, I don't want to spoil too many things, but some of the like one of the earliest ones you get is uh, is the ability to just grab literally whatever you want and throw it at people. If you're there's like every object in the environment is destructible. The walls, the signs, the glass, the blinds, the sun, like uh, like hanging letters, pots and of plants, it's like to just the stone and concrete beneath your feet, hmm. and. Their, your powers are so overcharged that what like when you even when you like you melee it like the ground in front of you just gets torn up and it looks like stone and masonry just thrown everywhere and like rebar is sticking out and you can just go into an office or a room and demolish it you can break all the desks you can throw all like the coffee makers and they shatter and coffee goes everywhere it's it's incredible it is like remember when um, early on when games were teasing like the Havoc engine like uh, like Star Wars um, Half Life uh, Two uh, and thing uh, Force Unleashed uh-huh. and they were like oh yeah like when you throw like when you hit the wall like in real time like it will like show a dent based on where mm-hmm. you hit it and how you hit it and they were like really touting like wood breaks like wood glass breaks like glass and it was like a big thing this game. It is what it is. Like if I were to go around with a sledgehammer and beat the crap out of my house, it, it, that's what it would feel like in this game. Like everything's going to act the same way. Like Rick's going to like like brick and all this yeah. stuff. It's super impressive, especially when you're in like these arena type combat situations where maybe you're closed off and you can't move forward, and enemies are attacking you, and you're just running around using your powers, using your gun, uh, like throwing enemies at enemies. <laughs> like it, it, and it gets. It's it's tough. It gets tough at times, but um, it, it's so satisfying. It almost feels like um, in Saints Row that one game where you get like superpowers, mm-hmm. and you're like flying and jumping, and you're like you're super strong. So like it kind of feels like that. It has that feeling uh, again of I feel really powerful, and you only get more powerful. And I was like, how can this get any better? 
in the middle of the game, you get literally a game-breaking ability. And I was like, this is going to break the game. Like, how am I going to use this going forward? And it made the game a billion times better because it only gets bigger and badder and harder, but it's never too hard where I'm like, ah, shoot, like, this is unfair. I like I'm like if I die, it's because I'm not managing my health. I'm not taking into account the types of enemies that I'm attacking. Sometimes there will be flying enemies. There will be hidden enemies that like show up and attack you right away, and you have to dodge away from them. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just like a random like ah blah 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 like like old west like I'm just gonna shoot all my guns <laughs> everywhere. And, fine. But you also can't just like sit behind cover and like crouch and like poke out and shoot. It's just not a viable strategy because you'll get surrounded. And I love that they start you off by introducing you to enemies that will like just rush you and explode. So you have to force you to move out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I love that. Like you're giving me these awesome abilities and more often than not in games, I feel like I don't end up using them as much as I want to or I should. Mm And this game is forcing me, especially when I get a new ability, it's like new enemies start spawning that kind of need, you need to use that ability to kill that specific type of enemy. Very Metroidvania. Love it. Love it. It's so well done. And the Metroidvania aspect of just like you're in one building. I love that concept of like you're in one area, one building, and you're going like floor to floor, office to office. From the research department to the parapsychology department to the luck and probability department. There's so many good things here. There's puzzles that are really well thought out that are like physics based puzzles too. So they're pretty cool. There's one puzzle that I found that wasn't even a puzzle. I didn't even know it was a puzzle. I was just kind of reading the whiteboards and uh and looking at the post-it notes that were on the desks and i was seeing what i could interact with in the environment and i was like i wonder if i like i was like wait like this is telling me so if i do this and i try that all right let me try no that didn't work like there's got to be something here and i finally figured it out and it gave me a a new outfit for my character it was like yeah here you go you figured something out and i was like wait so this is just stuff in the game and then like (laughs) as i keep going there you'll start to notice like where their hints are and where you can find like breakable walls and find like hidden loot and stuff um speaking of loot the things you find in this game since you have like one gun that just evolves as you go you're finding materials to upgrade things a lot as well as mods for the weapons and mods for yourself and that's pretty much it hmm. you have a, a little bit of a basic skill tree like as you get your powers you can increase the damage output of them with the energy cost for them etc etc um so you do have an energy bar. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm I'm all over the place because I'm just <laughs> I'm so, I'm so in love with this game. Um, do you have an energy bar that like so you have to like manage your resources of what powers you're using when and like how often am I going to shoot? How often am I going to throw stuff? So it's not like you can just like go willy nilly and be Superman. You really got to think about how you're using things, and you can add mods to your body that uh, to your person that uh, increase the energy or decrease the cost of energy and stuff. So. Th- you're going to want to change your mods based on the situation too. Cause one might call for like more in your face shotgun stuff, uh, like melee abilities that like push people away. And then one might be more like hang back, take down shields and then get close and, and, and change them. Um, I think it's cool too, that they only let you choose two weapons to holster at once. So you can't just have like a cycle of all the guns that you want to use at once. If you are going into a situation where, 
you have your pistol equipped as well as like a shotgun and it might call for the charge shot which is like a sniper based part of the weapon mm-hmm. um you might be doing yourself a disservice and you might have to rely more heavily on the abilities that you have versus the the weaponry that you have um and it, it never gets boring it only gets better because you only get better with your powers and how your weaponry functions um and you, by the end of it you just you're like I'm, I'm, i feel like a god amongst all these enemies like i can just <laughs> i'm just manipulating the battlefield and it's like the rorschach like i'm not locked in here with you you're all locked in here with me and it <laughs> like that it's just the best feeling um i was just reading my notes here to make sure i didn't Oh, speaking of um, the environmental puzzles and stuff I was talking about, Mm -hmm. this is one of the very few games, and I mean very few, uh, we're talking, can count on one hand where I've read every dossier, watched every multimedia thing I could, listened to every tape recording, and it's awesome because it's like FBI documentation. It's always one page long, and there's a lot of like black redacted stuff in it. Sometimes it's like... Imagination's running wild. It's so good because, like, it's like when blank event happened in blank, we found blank and blah 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 blah. Um, it's it's so it's so well done, and it's cool because the stuff that you're reading, you you learn about more people in the FBC and what were their fun what were their functions, what was their job, what were they doing, how were they involved in these things, and then you meet them and you're like, oh, and like like I've read about you, like I know about you, and I know other games have done this before, but for me, it just does it so well because it's not just boring world building garbage. It's 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 actual legitimate information and a lot of the stuff that you can find can help you figure things out in the environment and find a lot of these secrets do a lot of these puzzles and so it's all worth your time to find it and seek it out and there's no it's all, right now i played on pc i played on the epic game it's in the epic game store so there's no like achievements attached to it mm-hmm. which i thought was really nice for a change because i didn't end up doing things to see if it triggered an achievement if i figured something out I figured it out for myself, and that was enough for me. I didn't have to get a little blip that's like, Bob, you you talked to Bobo Bob, and you found Bobo Bob, and no, like he's a secret person. Like I, none of that stuff came up, and I I adore it for that too. Um, I don't adore the Epic Game Store, but that's neither here nor there. Um, let's see. Um, so a lot of your abilities that we were talking about, like your telekinetic stuff, they come from in the world what they call objects of power. These objects of power are basically the the archetype that you... It's the, it's the object that you associate with its archetype. So, like a number two pencil. Mm-hmm. Or like a, like, a, like it's a writing utensil, writing utensil, think number two pencil. And these objects are basically like possessed. They come to life and they have these powers associated to them and when you cleanse them with using Polaris and the powers that you have you take on those powers and you have to prove that you the, the concept after you unlock it so there's a good like pr- trial and error and practice period once you get things mm-hmm. um, it's very well structured and it just like the controls alone and the, the fluidity and the movement it's sometimes the tight corridors feel a little crampy but otherwise it it it, it it plays like a dream. My only complaint about the performance of the game is that it's absolute garbage and I had to play this game on like medium low settings just oh, yeah. to get like a stable frame rate because it is 
taxing as hell. Now, um, do you think that's because of all the physics, or...? I think it's a lot of the ray tracing stuff that they have. Uh, okay. Because this is the game that they're pimping. Like, if you have an RTX card, this is the game for you. And from what I've heard, it is a night and day game changer in terms of the looks because the yeah. lighting is so moody in this game. Like, you can tell in certain scenarios that this would be really cool with like a dark hallway but with like hanging lamps that are kind of swaying and yeah. if that real time lighting was working with the, like, the reflections off the surfaces and stuff this would look really good but I got past all of that because the <clears throat> gameplay itself is stellar stellar the story is stellar the, the, con- the controls and the game and the abilities the unlocking just the general step by step order of operations you would take in a game is just so well executed and it's like, at the end of the day, when you finish it, when I finished it, and I saw the the end credits roll, it felt like a game that was made for me. And I think that speaks volumes to it that it felt so personalized. Uh, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything else I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I- I pretty much touched on everything I wanted to say. I think, um, oh, they also do like uh, with missions and mission structure, they also do like public event type stuff, like what Destiny does, where every now and then something in the world will happen and it'll be like, hey, you're needed to like protect these survivors, or there's like a high value target that we need, like a high value hiss that we need to take down. And it's cool because you want to do those things because they drop mods, they drop materials for you to upgrade things. So, um, it kind of breaks up the monotony of just doing story missions and just running around and having the purpose for the most part. Um, I, so I really appreciated it for that too. And uh, I, they're a very welcome addition. Some things I didn't like about the game, like I said, uh, the performance was garbage. I had to uh, quit and reload a couple times uh, in order to just progress some things. Mm-hmm. Very rarely did it happen. Um, but it still happened, so I wanted to mention it. Um, my biggest pet peeve with this game, and, and I think I've I've gone on record. I don't know if I have gone on record on the show, but my favorite game of all time is Super Metroid. Um, and I knew that. I don't know if the listeners knew that. Friend, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't should know if my that. wife knows that. <laughs> but um, Emily, if you're out there, uh, <clears throat> my game's favorite game is Super Metroid. Um, <laughs> But it, it does that thing where, so the save points in this game aren't, there is auto saving and it does do that. It'll save your progress, but it won't save your state. So you won't, if you die in a boss fight, you get sent back to the last save station you were at. Kind of like Metroid has those save points that you go mm-hmm. to. If you were to die in the boss fight, like if you die at Krang, you are not going, you're, you're going all the way back to the previous save point, And you therefore have to work your way through all the enemies and go all the way back to Krang, fight him. And if you die again, you're doing the whole thing over again. And there are specific boss fights in this game that are pretty difficult. They're throwing a lot of enemies at you, like powerful enemies. That, like, If you take a hit and you're not protecting yourself or you don't have a shield up or anything, you're going to take like 50% of your damage, uh, of your health is gone. Maybe there was something I missed there, but it just forces me to be like, okay, I got to keep moving. I got to... I gotta, 
you know, prioritize when the flying guys are here. I got to shoot mm-hmm. flying guys and I'll take care of shield guys and then I'll take care of the, 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 the runs. But the problem is the runs shoot rockets and the rockets are homing, but I got this ability where I can catch the rockets and throw the rockets back. <laughs> <sighs> so good. But uh, it, it was frustrating. It's kind of chaos. Getting, yeah. Especially when you're getting annoyed and you're just dying over and over and over and you're like, I don't want to run back here. So I did the thing where if I died three times, I turned the game off, I walked away, I came back like an hour or two later, and I picked it back up again. And most of the time, I would just roll right through it like it was nothing. I'd be like, why was that so hard three hours ago? <laughs> uh, pro tip, do that. It helps a lot <laughs> rather than just beating your head against the wall. Um, and it makes games more fun. Uh, promise I'm growing up and becoming an adult. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, I talked about how it is especially because the game is so heavily environmental destruction and yeah. physics and how all that stuff works so that can be a little frustrating every now and then like there's too many enemies on screen and you're trying to run it a little bit higher than you probably should you're dipping you're dipping in frames big time there's no question about it i don't <laughs> care how good your system is i wonder what this runs like on console i've heard that it's unplayable on the ps4 base ps4 mm-hmm. because in the scenarios where there's more than one enemy on screen and all the physics stuff is happening especially in late game they're like it dips to like 10 frames like like Whoa. when fallout 4 came out wow ps4 pro is a little bit better but you still get some dips especially with like big combat areas mm-hmm. um, i don't know if like any motion clarity on like i know some tvs have like high motion rate that might fix a lot of that stuff kind of like geforce does mm-hmm um, or G-Sync, I mean, but uh, I, I, I could, I don't know. I think Xbox One is in Xbox One X are roughly the same as PS4 and PS4 Pro, and I think PC is where it's at. And I think if you have an RTX card, you like you sh- you have to own this game. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of the the, the first like true poster child game for RTX. Yes. Interesting. Um, I said it at the top of my review, and I'll say it again. This is by far my favorite game of 2019. There's a lot coming down the road that can totally fight for my affection, but right now it's 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 a, a dead horse. Like there's no question about it. Like it's it's num- numero uno, and so much so that it easily one of my favorite games of all time. Nice. Well, it definitely sounds away. like I'm going to have to acquire this at some time in the next several months. Add it to the already jam-packed end of, of 2019. Yeah. And it's it's probably it's not that long of a playthrough. If you kind of push it and you don't do too much dilly-dallying and reading and stuff, which mm-hmm. you have to. It's so, it's so well laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just being able to walk into one of the hundreds of offices that you can and know exactly what happened in an office without having to read or see or look anything and nobody goes hey do this hey do that oh another thing that this game does really well and take note whomever when you need to go somewhere in the building and a mission is telling you like hey uh do like do this thing in this part of the the oldest house you're like okay normally in games today, I feel as if there would be a blip right in your face that's like, go here, go here, go here. Mm-hmm. And you're like turning left and it's like, nope, 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 go go back this way. It's it's there. Go there. Go there. This game doesn't do that at all. 
There's no radar. There's no blips. There's nothing in front of you. If you pull up a map, it'll highlight an area where you need to go, and it'll be like, yeah, you need to be in central research. <clears throat> like that central research is yellow. Go to central research. But nice. when you get to central research, it's a big open area and you're like mm. well yeah there's hundreds of places to go in central research so you start digging around and you're looking at things and you're kind of exploring and when you don't when you haven't been somewhere on a map it's redacted it's just like a black line over it like <laughs> fbi style nice um but yeah the the mission will be like hey th- like there's this guy in central research that you need to kill and it'll say in in your in your uh your your hud It'll have the the objective. It'll be like kill high value target, blah blah blah, and then it'll just say central research slash um, like parapsychology. So you know, okay, I have to go to central research floor, and then I have to go to the parapsychology office to find it. And so you start learning the the the, the building. You know, okay, I'm in this area right now if i take the elevator to containment i can go through containment and i can get to here and that'll take me to parapsychology and oh look now there's like a cutscene. i'm in the right place i love that yeah. it doesn't do like the open world skyrim thing where it's like go here go here go here yeah or like the the rockstar thing of like walk up to this specific point park your horse right here <laughs> take your car to this this exact park. yep <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that. a lot of games are starting to move away from that type of design, which is a nice breath of fresh air. Um, that actually reminded me of one thing I forgot to mention in uh, Breakpoint. They do give you the option for uh, like the unguided mode or whatever they called it in uh, Odyssey, where instead of putting blips on your map, it'll tell you like the thing you're looking for is in the general area of this map, and it'll give you like four clues, like a landmark, the name of mm-hmm. a region, and like a directional. Uh, you know, waypoint basically, but it, yeah, you have to put the blip down. Like it doesn't put the blip down there for you, but you can you could t- toggle that on and off. But yeah, I feel like that's something that's starting to become in vogue, and I hope that it does because that to me is a lot more fun. Yes, it, it, yeah, because then now I'm making my own game. Like I'm right. doing the you're thing. Doing, I made actually like, exploring. Yeah, it's like what you're we talked about with Odyssey last week. Yeah. Where it's like you just need to kill this guy, go do it. It's it's not guiding you through like a handhold of okay, he's alone now. Right. You try stabbing him with a knife. <laughs> I bet you if you stab him, he might die. I bet you if you stab him, you'll never you'll never see it coming. Hey, watch out for the coppers when they stab the guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I really appreciated that, and I, and I like that it didn't. Even when I got through the the entire map and I knew that there were points of interest in a lot of the certain areas, like one area had like mold in it. And I knew somebody wanted me to come back and help clean that up at one point. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to come back here, but I'm not going to remember where this is. So like I wrote it down. I was like, there was mold in the, the NSC pump and like in the pump room. And that's where I need to go. Sure enough. At one point, I picked up a, a mission that was like, hey, there's more mold in, in this area. Can you go clean up? And I was like, yep, I know exactly where it is. Sure enough, nice. just went back to the pump, didn't even look at the map. There was the mold, found it. Dude, I love a game where I need to write stuff down. <laughs> like when, yeah. when I was doing uh, Resident Evil 2, the remake, oh, some of those puzzles, puzzles yeah. sketch stuff out to work it out. Love That's it. So good. Love it. Ah. <sighs> 
but yeah, man, I could I could sit here and talk forever about control. I don't want to get too deep into it because I really don't want to ruin it for people. The story is so good. There were so many moments like that, like that moment we were talking about in Alan Wake with the old woman, mm-hmm. the you. There were so many moments like that, not like jump scare moments, but mm-hmm. there were so many moments that I was just like, "What this? What what? This Turning is a, things no, on that, head. But it what? I did that six or seven times. <laughs> Nice. This game is unlike story-wise, it's unlike anything else I've ever played. And I love it for that. It's sci-fi, it's Twin Peaksy, it's got creepiness, and there's so many good callbacks to, you know, other games. Um like like I was talking about like a lot of the objects of power and some of the altered items that are similar to those. Mm-hmm. Um you can just guess how silly it gets. At one point there was a mission where I was tracking down some of the lost altered items, which aren't objects of power, which mm-hmm. objects of power are, again, the stereotypical archetype items that will give you abilities, whereas altered items are just like, these are items that are acting weird, and we don't know why. Like, for example, two of my favorites, no spoilers here, totally off topic, two of my favorites were there was a rubber duck that would teleport and then quack at you and if you were facing it, it would disappear and then like reappear somewhere else behind you. And you had to fool the duck and like sneak behind it and like pick it up. And it would just you. So it would you'd see it and it'd be like whack and then it would go away. And it got so annoying after a while because you'd just be walking down this hallway and you'd hear whack whack and you'd look at it and he'd be a whack and it disappear. <laughs> and I was like, this is like this is so funny. There was one. I'm definitely there's stealing a, that for for a D and D random item, dude. There was a there's a refrigerator that if you don't look at it, it hurts you. I, it, I know, <laughs> I know. And they okay. have to have somebody. The FBC has to have somebody on shift twenty four seven that sits there and stares at the refrigerator so it doesn't do anything because they don't know what would happen if nobody was not looking at. <laughs> Right? It's that kind of stuff. It's, that this game is, is awesome. With that kind of stuff. So there's just a guy who's in there, He's and the, the whole place is on lockdown, and he's like, somebody help. Somebody help me. I've been staring at this for over 27 hours. I don't know what's going to happen. My eyes are so tired. I don't have any coffee left. Somebody please help me. And I was like, this is hilarious, but also, like, really scary. <laughs> I want this game now just for those odd items. <laughs> Dude, there's hundreds of them and they all have dossiers and they all have events that happen in game with them and they're unbelievable that's like if you ever read the uh special containment protocols the scps it sounds just like that it's it's almost identical i'm into it like you could make one up be like a coffee mug that like only that anything you pour in it turns it into coffee regardless what pours like it's stuff like that (laughs) Dude, and it, awesome. it like ranges from stuff like that to stuff like uh, I, I I don't I don't want to spoil stuff, but I, I at some point if you if you do get the chance to play it, either you Brandon or anybody else who's listening to this, oh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna make a time for it. <laughs> I cannot recommend playing this game enough, and um, I I want to at some point I want to come back to this and talk about this game again at at spoiler length because the sure. story is. It's a wild ride. <laughs> and there's so many good characters and they they 
Remedy is able to. Oh, Sam Sam Lake wrote this game. Sam Lake, the original voice of Max Payne, who also wrote Max Payne. Um, he's in this game. He does a vo- he does the voice of Director Trench, who's the previous director before you. And, Bill Trench. Um, yep. And I want to I, I want to compliment this game on um, the way that it uses. Because I bashed on Remedy with the F, the FOV stuff that they've done in the past with uh-huh. Alan Wake and, and Quantum Break and stuff. This game incorporates FOV in one of the best ways I've ever seen in a game. It does a really good job of doing like screen overlay where it, it's there's real people and real actors, but they're also characters in the game. Same thing with Jesse. There's some flashback moments or cut moments where the like, quick cut moments where you see Jesse as a real person and mm-hmm. her act her actual actress but then it like cuts back to her in game and it looks seamless which blows my mind but things like like the, with like director trench like he's like there's moments where like you're you're hearing what he's saying and it's 100% Sam Lake you're like this is Max Payne this is Max Payne this is definitely Max Payne <laughs> But it's not it, like the the actor's not him, so I'm like, ah, that that bothers me because it's not that <laughs> face, like that old Max Payne face. <laughs> oh, amazing! But um, <laughs> it's <laughs> I I could I could talk about this game for another hour, so I, and I won't bore people with the. But this is so good, but I don't want to spoil it for <laughs> for the. Well, it sounds like something we're definitely gonna need to come back around to. For sure, I'm so so Do high a on this spoiler cast, and I, I just need validation, especially because I think you and I see eye to eye on these things so much, and I yeah. just want you to play it and and come back to me, even if you don't finish it and you come back midway through and you're like, dude, yeah, you're not wrong. I'm like, okay, <laughs> because it felt like such a personalized experience. It felt like somebody was like, "What do you want in a game? Got it. What else do you there want? Got it, it. Here's a couple yeah. things you also didn't know you wanted along." Yeah, I'm into Again, it. That's control, spelled with a C, just like it sounds. <laughs> Not Mortal Control. Not Mortal Control, <laughs> dude. Mortal Control. No. <laughs> There's your Terminator game. Chase me <sighs> through the the FPC. Man. I had so much fun, and there's still stuff to do even after I finish the main story, and it just ch- it just changes. Everything changes in the game, and it's just like, oh, there's so much more to do, and this is great. <laughs> oh, mm. you look over mm. the moon. You just look over the moon with this. Oh, <laughs> it's so good to finally talk about it. And I'm sorry. I know I went on tangents all over the place. I had like a nice structure of like how things worked and they led into one another and I spent more time writing these notes than I ever have for the show and I was just like as soon as I started talking about one thing I was like ah oh, but then that talk that that means this other cool thing and then this other thing so I'm sorry if I was all over the place I really hope my excitement is contagious to some other people listening oh, it is. please go play control and uh, I, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do because it is very rare that we get a game this special and I feel like at least one of these a year, like uh, last year when we, or the year prior when we got God of War, and then, yeah. um, and then like Red Dead Redemption Two and stuff. Like it, it, games are in such a good space right now, and we really are blurring, getting to the point where we're blurring the lines between 
just any art form it doesn't matter what type of multimedia it is it could be a song it could be a music video it could be a movie a tv show a game like this this game is is so full of art and ideas and there's one mo- I'll, I'll leave you guys with this and I'll shut up about it <laughs> there's one moment in this game that has to do with music and it's one of the best 15 minutes of a video game I've ever played. Oh, is it how, so how, uh, how does it stack up to red dead one when you have to ride from the Northern part of the map all the way down to Mexico? It's on par with that, but it's way better. Interesting. Interesting. It's like, it's like when snakes climbing up the the ladder in in MGS three and you start hearing the song, but without the music, like it's just like, like a cappella. Um, but it's not it's not a moment that's meant to drive a feeling home. Rather, it's a moment that evokes a feeling at a time where S has hit the F and you just you need to power th- and so much leads up to this moment and then it's not even like and it's not like the the song is just like playing it's like over top of what you're doing and it's like well like like we just threw this in there like there's a reason why there's music playing it's a really good reason why there's music playing and the design of the level and how it works out and the enemies like I'm getting emotional thinking about it. It's so good. It's so well done. <laughs> and it's not like a sad moment. It's in any way, but like I just I'm, I'm so in, I was so enthralled by it that I had to I had to just back away from the desk and just like take a moment of clarity because it was just so powerful to me. I love when uh, games have moments like that. Ah, uh, it just this like I thought I was going to try it and go, yeah, this is a really good game. Like, I'm really enjoying this. But I started it, and I didn't put it down because I couldn't. Oh. <laughs> well, as if there weren't like, enough feel, reasons to pick this yeah, game up. Yeah, I feel like I peaked already this year, but I know that there's so much <laughs> more coming, including my daughter. There's so many things to look forward to. And I just love games. This is why I love what I do. This is why we talk about games. This is why Brandon and I got together and we were like, we don't care that we, we don't have a wide array of an audience or that wide of a reach. This is just what we love and this is what we want to talk about. And this is prime example, a numero uno, number one, why you would want to talk about games. Like this just, like if anybody was like, Okay, show me a game. Like what? What is cool about games? I would be like, we're gonna sit down and play Control. Nice. Ah, ah. <laughs> so good. So. And I really hope I, I. I might be the only one who's totally over the moon about this, but I, I think you would dig the crap out of this. Now game. I now I have to try it just to at the very least confirm or deny this. <sighs> High praise from Mr. I don't know. Andrew I don't know if the Epic Game Store has a return policy. Excuse me. Like if like Steam, like if you play under two hours, you can still return it. If that's a thing that the Epic Game Store does, I recommend everybody try it. 
at least for an hour. And if you don't get hooked within that first hour or two, I will say it's uh, and I'm not going to be that guy who's like, the movie is a little slow, but then the last thing is wild. <laughs> it's a long game ish. It's like, you know, 15, 20 hours. It's, you know, average ish these days of mm-hmm. what you'd want from a triple A game like this. It does start slow, but as you get more powerful, the, the, and the game opens up and you start to learn more because it doesn't right away tell you this is Jesse Faden and she's walking up to the bureau because she needs to find a brother. It's just she just shows up and the game starts. It doesn't tell you any of those things, but you learn those things because she starts asking questions. You're like, oh, OK, that's why she's there. And when she's talking to this person and they mention something, she goes, well, I'm originally from ordinary. And they're like, ordinary. Isn't that where the AEW happened um, or AWE altered world event? Um and she's like, what? Yeah, the FBC covered it up. And she was like, oh, they, they. like <laughs> stuff like that. And it, it's just the storytelling is just. Mm, yeah. mm, mm, mm. Anyway, I have talked way longer than I wanted to. <laughs> Sorry, you're good. We ran the episode long because of it. You're good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's control. That's nice. uh, that's it. So before we put this one in the books, do you just want to very quickly uh, just kind of go over our thoughts? I know we both were playing um, Link to the Past on Mm -hmm. Switch now that that is a thing. Um, That's all I've played so far. Have you played anything else aside from? Yeah, I sat down and and actually played through all of Super Mario World. Nice. In one sitting because thank you, rewind feature. Easily the the best part about the... uh, Mm -hmm. The SNES, I guess. Yeah, the virtual and you know what? I have no shame in saying that I use that. Did I lean on it like a crutch? Sometimes, if I got into a hard, you know, like if I got to one of the castles and like the boss was bugging me, I'd be like, okay, like I don't want to go all the way through the, the yeah. castle, but I got to the castle. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, with those games of that era and, and older, have just like no. The, the concept of checkpointing has changed significantly mm-hmm. from then to now. So I mean, it makes sense. I think it, it makes it more accessible for, you know, people that have, yeah. have picked up gaming recently or have become, you know, uh, accustomed to a certain type of game design, but I used it in, in uh, link to the past. And I mean, I've, mm-hmm. or, I've beaten that probably four or five times already. Yeah. Um, not, not on switch, but just in general, um, it's just super convenient to be like oh no mess up that boss battle and then just rewind it back a couple and just jump right back in um how far are you in uh, a link to the past i am on the l- the second to last dungeon second to before last. you uh go back to the uh save the princess i'm in dungeon eight i think it is eight and is that the farthest yeah. you've gotten in Link to the Past? That is the furthest I've ever gotten in Link to the Past. So I stopped using the the rewind feature up to this point. Mm-hmm. I kind of powered through the stuff that I had gotten up to, mm-hmm. um, which was, and I'm ashamed to say this, but for the longest time, I had no idea how to get into the Thieves' Den. And uh, I figured it out uh, for the first time playing it because I, I really didn't want to like look things up mm-hmm. like uh, like how do I get the flute like how do I fast travel yeah. like I think all that stuff is, is is pretty well known but I I but people talk about these games at length time and yeah. um, I I was pretty proud of myself for figuring that one out on 
my own because that's not easy to do. Sometimes you had to go back to the manual and like find a hint that was yeah. like, check out the Kakariko village. Maybe it's there near <laughs> right. a statue that wasn't there before. <laughs> um, but even then, like I would go to it and just like bomb it. Nothing happens. Like <laughs> try to like slam into <laughs> it. Nothing happens. Tink, tink, tink. Yeah. yeah. Try to hit it. And like, okay, well, I don't know how to get in here. Maybe I have to talk to somebody and then I would get frustrated and be like, I have no idea what to do. And then I finally just grabbed it, pulled back and it came off and I was like, are you freaking joking <laughs> that's yeah. linked to the past for yeah. you that's old yeah. games for you old games try everything like, until something's not gonna do this but if you pulled on the bars that's a whole different story <laughs> how do you feel like it holds up it holds up so well the art yeah. style too like if they made a brand new zelda game with this art style it would still it, yeah. it would go over just as well mm-hmm. i, I think story-wise and structure-wise i think the the big mechanic of this that still speaks to me is going between the light world and dark world. And when you go like from the, or like from the dark world to the light world to like elevate yourself on a plateau that gets you somewhere to get one of those, like those tomes, like Mm -hmm. the, the the powerful moves that you Mm -hmm. need to unlock the other dungeons. Like I always thought that was really neat and really clever. And I think, um, link between worlds, the more recent three DS game that is a a predecessor to this or a, a spiritual sequel. Yeah. Um, even flips that on his head even even more so. And I think if you really like Link to the Past and you widely regard it as one of the best, if not the best Zelda game, I implore you to go play Link Between Worlds because that yeah. game is stellar as well. Yeah, yeah it's, this is a good... This couldn't have released at a better time for me. Playing through this is like perfect for one, just like sitting there on the couch hanging out with a new baby. And then two... Uh, uh, drawing a blank. Uh, Link's Awakening is coming out at the uh, mm-hmm. the end of the month, so this is a mm-hmm. nice like little tie over lead in type of deal to uh, to that, and just it's kind of like good good appetizer for the main Definitely. course coming on the twentieth, and I'm so excited for that. You know what I've been trying to play in that SNES library? What's I've that? hopped in a couple times. I find it. I I don't don't use the rewind with this one. I, I just. I don't know. I maybe I don't care that much, but the uh, the Star Fox game. I've never played the original Star Fox. I've never I played, played Star Fox. I've never played any Star Fox. They're, I think they're good. I love the idea of Star Fox more than I love Star Fox games. Yeah, I think that uh, I I was very close to getting the uh, Star Fox Adventures back in the day, mm-hmm. which apparently it is like Star Fox with like basically like Zelda mechanics. Yeah, I hear mixed reviews about that one, though. I think that one doesn't hold up as well. Yeah. Maybe not. No. I don't know. You could probably download it on, like, Dolphin Emulator and try it. Yeah, if I'm feeling froggy. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, but you own the game, so you would never. Right, I own all of the games. You you own it, you've just never played it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) We would never promote that. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else you want to touch on here? Uh, no. Go play Control. It's one of the best games I've ever played. Yeah. In my opinion. Play Control if you have Switch and you have Switch Online. Uh, download the Super Nintendo app. App? Is it an app? Yeah. I think they call it the Super Nintendo System app. Yeah. Get, get the Super Nintendo Entertainment System app from Nintendo Switch Store. 
Right. And don't That's do what awesome. I did and be like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then you, you gotta to go, go to the Switch Online the tab. E-shop. Yes. Yeah. Into the eShop. Go into the eShop. Don't look for it. And it's not in the store itself. You have to go down to the online section yep. where you download the NES library and the SNES. For VIPs only, so. And, uh. Oh, and I. I do want to mention, if you are really nostalgic and you really enjoy yeah. these games, I've been playing them with a Bluetooth SNES controller that we debuted on the show way back when we were doing one of yeah. our uh, Christmas episodes and we were talking about what to buy your gamer friends. That controller holds up well, and it's super easy to sync with the with the Switch and just sitting back with... It's something about holding an SNES-style controller and playing the old games just feels right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need to I need to borrow one of your extra ones. All yours, bro. What's mine my, is yours. My Me man. Controller is also your controller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Very good. Yeah. Well, that's just about going to do it for us, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't have much else to talk about. Of course, we've been live on Twitch here. Thanks to everybody who joined us. Uh, basically, just our wives. So thank you, ladies. <laughs> we love you so much. Indeed. Um. If you ever want to catch us on Twitch, we go live on Wednesdays right around 8, 30, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Twitch.tv slash the Games Nat podcast. Uh, Games Nat. We couldn't throw an apostrophe in there, so our apologies. <laughs> uh, it's just how URL works, guys. It's not uh, It's not our call. Yeah. I didn't make the internet. Um, <laughs> but I definitely use it. Uh, that was dumb. And... I'm still thinking about control, guys. I'm not gonna lie. I know we're supposed to plug a bunch of stuff at the end of the show, but <laughs> I am just—I am so giddy right now. This is the most fun I've had talking about a game on the show. <laughs> uh, like us on Facebook. Do we say that? Uh, no, but do that too. Yeah, like us and, on Facebook. Uh, just search Games Net. Uh, we're on we YouTube on now. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm on Instagram. Well, we are not a, to, as an entity. We are not an Instagram. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll do that. Maybe sure. Um, set up a youtube channel so you can find uh the archives oh, yeah. of the episodes yeah. on youtube those will be up there uh forevs or at least until youtube you know decides to go the way of gamestop um video on demand on twitch lasts for uh, 30 days i think we decided on last week yeah the the official archive will be on the youtube channel um just based on real life stuff uh probably like fridays is when the uh this will go up on youtube and on uh on your podcast app of choice you can find us on the itunes store um or wherever your podcasts are distributed yeah. give us a rate and review please help and maybe uh now that we have a youtube channel instead of just uploading podcasts maybe we'll have some other stuff hmm. to throw up there hmm Content Ooh, can say, yeah, me. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that to think about yeah. if you care. I care, yeah. Tell you what, <laughs> even if you don't care, the only opinion that matters is your own. Oh, boom, end of huh. the show. <laughs> Segue for the end. <laughs> nice, see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>